Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oakbridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Burning, how are we doing today? Man, we're good. Every day on the podcast is a holiday. We got a superstar who I was lucky was a young man because I didn't have to run into him that much. Uh, well, I still did, but not not when you were like thick like you are now, like packed up. Um, Lucky to have one of our, our my friend Jonathan Casillas and now Matt Perkins' friend, uh, two time Super Bowl champ. Correct, yes, sir. Damn, dude. Yes, sir. And it's uh, man, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Sorry for the wait, fellas. No, but uh, no, it's good to be worry. here, man. Good to talk to you. Nice to meet you too, Matt, brother. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, shout out to Javery for uh, assistant yep. producing this one. So, Javery McFadden, my guy. <laughs> we, we 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 love Javery. One one of the great episodes of the, among the many great episodes we've had is Javery's. Go back and check it out from a couple months ago. Before we get into it with JC, want to remind you guys that we are presented by BetOnline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline.ag. MLB season is in full swing. Uh, still get some MLS. You get casino games, card games, whatever your style is, preseason bets, futures, it's there at betonline.ag. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Wait, I, before we start, I got I to gotta ask you a question. Are there many Badgers who have won two Super Bowls? Uh, well, I know there's one that got three, James White. I know that. <laughs> so we got James White. And then um, after that, there's not many. Right? Doesn't, does Beckham have two? Did he get two with the Giants? No, he has one, one with the okay. Giants. I, I doubt he has two because the oh, Giants went in 07 seven, and then yeah. 12. And uh, he was a rookie my rookie year, which is 09. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we got, some, we, hey, we got some champs now. Mike Webster. We Mike Webster had four with the Steelers in the 70s. Oh wow! Really? Wow! <laughs> or at least but three, I know, if not four. I know yeah. in, like in my years, we got a whole bunch of guys that were on some rosters. You know, a little mm-hmm. bit after me, like Russell Wilson, but uh, O'Brien Schofield was on that roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maragos, you know, uh, he he was on the roster as well. So we got some we got some Super Bowl champions that I play with. Of course, some came after me. Russell Wilson came after me. Mm-hmm. Jay White came after me. But hey, we, we've been popping out them Super Bowl champions lately. But two is impressive. And with two different teams, like you just 
either lucky or you guys are just you're just that good. Well, listen, this is what it is. You know, New Orleans, they never won a Super Bowl. You know, I come in, I choose them as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that's what happens when I get to your team. We just go to the next level, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened new- when you showed up in Madison, man. You and DeAndre Levy brought that <laughs> linebacking core to a whole new level. One of, I mean, you mentioned that actually that was a question I was going to ask you anyway. I think in a lot of ways, isn't it better to be an undrafted free agent than like a late seventh rounder? Because you can really kind of pick where you want to be. Yeah, I would say yes, because like the late seventh round, the undrafted free agents signing bonus is not too far off and having the choice, you know, to pick between whatever teams that's actually, you know, interested in you because for seven rounds, nobody was interested enough to draft you, <laughs> you know, and I actually had two teams. I had the Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. And if you guys can remember back then to the 2009 season, the Saints went 13 and three. We won 13 straight games. Actually, crazy thing losing to the bucks later in the season and the bucks only having three wins that year so <laughs> made the right choice <laughs> absolutely well let's go back pre-super bowl pre pre-draft free agency pre-madison let's get back to new brunswick new jersey my my, yes, my father's uh former hometown new brunswick oh, wow. new jersey little jonathan casillas what's up man what, what what's going on <laughs> <laughs> What's little JC like running around? Out there? Uh, well, first off, I didn't start playing football until I was a freshman in high school. And, you know, Jersey, just like Pennsylvania, even New York, you know, like it's not like Florida or Texas in terms of football, but it still breeds a lot of great athletes here. A lot of athletes that play, you know, football players that start when they're younger, sometimes six, seven years old, you know, and a lot of my friends when I moved from Jersey City to New Brunswick when I was 11 years old. A lot of the guys that I started befriending, they all play football. And I'm begging my mom, begging my mom, and she she didn't let me play because she said <laughs> I'm going to get hurt. And, hey, she was right. <laughs> she, she was right about that. Um, but I ended up playing my freshman year. wasn't that good. Uh, uh, but I was an athlete. You know, I can run. I can jump. Um, and, and I like contact, which – I was always a physical basketball player. I always played like in the projects, you know, street ball, like, you know, like project ball. Like we played that type of, and I loved it. And then my sophomore year, uh, going into my sophomore year, I started, you know, really hitting the weight room for like the really the first time. And um, in sophomore year, one of the linebackers go down. Uh, Matter of fact, I started the year on JV. I had four sacks the first game. They was like, okay, no more JV. They moved me up. (laughs) I wasn't really playing as much. I was more special teams on varsity. And then the game I got elevated, or the second game, one of the guys gets hurt, the linebacker. We're playing against the rival the next week, South River, Joe Theismann's old high school. And they beat us the year before by like 30 points. New coaches now for us and a lot better players. And and just we had we always had athletes in New Brunswick. And my first game against South River, our rival, I had three sacks against one of the younger like more talented quarterbacks in the division and uh, we beat them 60 to zero. And that was like the start of my career. And I never looked back ever. But I was a three sport athlete. I played basketball, all state, and then ran track all state. So I was all state in three sports. Um, in Jersey? A little bit of an athlete, Matt, a little bit of an athlete. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. What are you talking about? That you're, I mean, the competition in Jersey is pretty great in all those sports. Yep. Especially and then you're track. all state in all of those sports. Yep. Dude, I want to go back to it because I think starting late, I think is is um is doesn't mean that it hurts you anymore. I think uh, as we talk to so many guys, like I had no idea people started ninth grade or tenth grade because when you people show up at Wisconsin, you just somebody vetted you, somebody scouted you, somebody. I thought when you showed up, we'll go, we'll get to this, but like your talent was like unmatched. You were just raw potential, 
And I think, I feel like you, over the course of your career, figured out like how to be the best linebacker. Obviously you did in the NFL too. Um, but dude, so after your sophomore year, that's like you're getting letters, like people are interested. Like, what does that look like? After, after, well, sophomore year kind of started, I was actually getting recruited by Ivy Leagues at first. Uh, I was already, uh, I was already NCAA eligible as my sophomore year because I took the SAT as a sophomore. I had like a 3.7 GPA. Like, Wait, go back. <laughs> go back. Why, why would you take that test so early? Well, you know to what? Get it out of the because way. I had, I had such a good sophomore football season as a starter, and that was. You know, I was starting to fill out. You know, I was lifting weights, yeah. and you know, I started getting maybe a couple of letters. So, you know, uh, my academic coach, Miss Lori Lazovic, who still to this day is a tremendous friend, like a second mom to me. We do a lot of work together, uh, charity work mm -hmm. together. Um, but back then, you know, she was an academic coach. You know, and she recommended me do it. We had uh, Marvin Taylor, who ended up going to UConn, uh, Kareem Byron, who ended up going to Buffalo, and then we also had Dwayne Jarrett, who ended up going to USC, being one of the best receivers in the, in the, in the nation. So a lot of recruits were coming in and they were asking about, you know, all the younger guys like myself and Andre Dixon. So we had a lot of guys, uh, Matt, you know, we had some some talent uh, in New Brunswick over that course of time. You know, and for me, the stuff I like to do now, I'm trying to get back to New Brunswick to get back to where we used to be at. Maybe not to the, you know, state championship, putting out eight division one players, but, you know, at least we can be competitive in a division and, you know, be a, a namesake in Jersey still. I, I just find it amazing that you literally sat down for like six hours to take that test as a sophomore. Oh man. It makes sense in my brain bro. now. <laughs> it's rough. That test is, was, is the most worst test I've ever taken. Yeah. You know, they're not even requiring that no more for kids. They're not requiring Dude, SATs, ACTs. It's just, it's just uh, the grades and you know how that could be finessed, you know? So I, that's a whole other conversation that I'm sure we <laughs> well, can have. Well, that's the whole other hour, <laughs> you know? Works. And I just don't, like, how are they helping the kids? You know, like you, you making it an easier way for them to get in at college is not easy. You know, when you when you become when you get to college and you really have, you know, a minimum of 12 credits, you know, if you're in any type of, you know, non like just walk through major, you know, any type of major that's not like a cakewalk, you know, you're going to have difficult courses, you know, you're going to have four level courses, you're going to have three, four credit courses that are very difficult. How are you preparing the guys to do that? You're just preparing them for football. That's it. Come on. We know it's a lot more than that. One, first off, wow, dude, you have a lot of knowledge behind this. And I feel like we should have another podcast just on this alone. Yes, please. Um, I don't disagree with you, but I do find that, and I might be wrong, but the test limits the amount of people or the, the the type of person you know like i went to a, a, a high school in at westchester county like it's a great high school my parents everyone pushed academics but that's not like it is for the rest of the entire country so to make someone have to get a 900 on an sat could hold back a large group of young people to not go to college i do think the preparation needs to be there somewhere but i'm also on the i'm on the bus of I want kids to go to college, even if it's for sports, but then they should be, they should have uh, academic, what's it called? Like when you're like, got a, too many D's, academic probation. probation. <laughs> so yeah. I want kids to, I want kids to come in who might not be able to go to the University of Wisconsin, but who can play football, who have tried their, tried extremely hard. And let's give them these resources to prove that they can do it academically instead of hold them back. I'm on the let's get them in, not just because they can play football, but let's like help them in life. Yeah. No, I, that's I where I'm at. No, no, but it's I not easy. That's, no, that's a great point. Football. And like, like you said, we could talk about this back and forth for a long time, but it's always about the type of structure that you're providing for them. And, you know, the Badgers had a great 
uh, advisory program, you know, in terms of like study hall and everything that they did, especially with incoming freshmen. And they stay on top of you. So, like I said, maybe me and you can have a conversation off of this offline yeah. and <laughs> figure out we can help them out in some type of way. You know what I'm saying? Some type of facet. But yeah, man, it's for me, these kids are a lot different than us, Bernie. You know, like uh, the like me, I was uh, I was an athlete, but I wasn't as skilled in football. That's why I kind of it took me a little while. I was just a very, very good athlete. Um, but like a lot of these kids nowadays, like you're saying, they get the football players in. They're so skilled at a young age now. You know, like all of these receivers, they're coming into the NFL and they're playing right away. 1,500 receiving yards, Justin Jefferson. Like these guys are coming in ready to go. That means they're starting earlier. They're getting more mm-hmm. skilled earlier. But the rest of the stuff got to be around them so they can have some success as well. So I, listen, I, first of all, I love your knowledge behind this. I think it's so important. And I, I don't think a lot of people know this stuff. I, I, the, the structure when you get to college is fantastic, but, but you were there. I was there. Like, it's not, it's not like perfect. No. You still got guys who fall off and who don't keep up. And it's kind of sad when that happens. We, we they don't can't hold your hand, Matt. You know, they can't hold your hand. You know, they're, they're I, parents I are not around. You know, I agree. There's a lot, there's a lot going on when you show up and you're a football player and you're in, a different place. But let's go back to you for one second. You're a senior. You're dominating. You're getting letters. Who's on your board? Like, who's the top couple teams that you're like, man, I'm, I'm interested in this? Uh, so my, my first, uh, I think, official offer from Division One was Duke. Uh, that was the first one. And I was, of course, excited and not realizing they weren't a good football team at the time. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was so excited. Um, and then I had a lot of, like, Big East schools Crazy thing is, Rutgers, they was at all of our games. They never offered me, which is wild, which is crazy. Um, you know, but I had UConn as kind of like a final. I had a final four. I had UConn, Wisconsin. Uh, I took a visit to Illinois and then also Kentucky. I had those four schools, kind of random, like bunch, right? No Penn State? Right. Uh, no, so listen, so as I, uh, my senior year was starting in football, I, I, I started taking some of my visits my official mm-hmm. visits. Uh, I went to UConn. I went to Kentucky. I went to Illinois. But when I got to Madison, and it was in a, hey, it was in a winter. It was like during finals. So it was real slow on campus. A lot of people wasn't going out. It was probably eight degrees. It was really cold. And Jersey's cold. New York is cold, but it's not Wisconsin cold. Mm-hmm. It's at least 10 to 15 degrees colder every single day in the wintertime, right? You know, so I was like, like shocked a little bit by how cold it was. And then also, like it was toned down, especially from you fast forward four years later when I was at, excuse me, the next year when I was actually on campus, but it just felt like the right place to be. Barry Alvarez was the coach. You had a beast fullback, you know what I'm saying, from New York. <laughs> Anthony Davis is the running back from Jersey. You know, like Erasmus James, like they had the star power. Scott Starks, like they had they had guys, they were putting guys in the NFL. Uh, they had a great engineer program. I actually started my uh, my my education in computer engineering. I don't know why I decided to do that, but I did. Uh, uh, but they had a great engineering program. I love red. The red looks nice. And I saw myself in those red jerseys, man. And I just came back from, I was like, I'm going to Wisconsin. Like, this is, I got to get there, man. And then also, uh, Matt, PJ Hill, we both were getting recruited, of course, and uh, Coach White was was our guy that was recruiting us. Wow. And he would be talking, I'm going to go see PJ. 
or I just came from seeing PJ. Me, me and Coach White spent a lot of time together. And then me and PJ was on our visit together talking. And we was like, bro, what's up? You coming? You know, like, <laughs> you coming here? And me and PJ hit it off. And, of course, people know, believe in badge. I'm pretty sure the faithful knows who PJ Hill is. You know, and we were we were great friends. And I didn't commit with him, but it was kind of like, I know PJ's going. He's a east coast guy and mm-hmm. then when i got there all of the guys that that got commit that committed that year travis beckham uh, uh o'brien schofield aubrey pleasant shane carter uh javery mcfadden like man we're still friends to this day man and i'm so glad that i committed to wisconsin uh, i got to meet you i got to see what a real fullback was like, <laughs> you know on the college level you know and then you know, my, I love my college career and end the way I wanted it to, being heard and not getting drafted and stuff like that. A lot of BS that Believe me, I know. It happened yeah. to me. You know, yeah. so it is right. You you went through it, you know, hurt and all that, politics and all that stuff, which sucks. But listen, Wisconsin's a great place. Uh, uh, the school's amazing. We put on some – some the, the atmosphere, oh, my gosh, like – People from the Big Ten, they they respect the Badgers so much. They're like, man, I love playing, you know, over there. And I'm like, bro, we, you know, we we know how to do it. Our fans do it the right way. They class A fans, like, just really like what college football is all about. Big Ten football is all about. So you, when you show up on campus, you've never been to a game day before. <laughs> so you kick off the 2005 season and uh that game was a little close at halftime before brian calhoun just ran the doors off of uh what was it was it unlv bowling green bowling green, bowling yep. green. what is that first game day experience for you like when you you know you hadn't seen that before so like i was saying that was the first time like <laughs> Being at a game for Wisconsin, you know, like sometimes you take an official visit. Remember the week I went, they wasn't playing no games. So I didn't know what to expect. And I'm I'm playing on all special teams as a, as a true freshman. You know, I'm on all four core special teams and I'll run down on kickoff. And, you know, now I'm on the sideline watching the defense out there trying to pay attention. But I'm just looking in the crowd like like the wave is happening, you know, yeah. you know, that whole series of waves is like 15 minutes long you know they do the regular wave it's the whole second quarter. they send it back they do it in slow motion they do it fast they split it in two and it's like the most amazing thing i've ever seen at this point <laughs> of my life i've never seen anything like that that many people with the coordination and you know it was lit it's the first game so they've been waiting for it they probably been drinking since 8 a.m like it was like it was it was such a great experience and like they had to kind of tell the freshmen to like like y'all got to pay attention, you know, like y'all got to snap back in, you know? So it was definitely something that at the first, after the first game I had to get used to because I can't be looking at the crowd when I'm trying to play some football on the field. Wait, so wait, hold on. Because we skipped ahead. Cause my favorite part is from the, the hosted who hosted, like I need to know your host story first before we jump into this. And then, and then I want, we got to talk about like you show up, like that's, it's a hard place to show up and then you're going to be a, like, you probably know you're going to play at some point during camp, but let's go to the host. Like what, what was your weekend hosted? Like, who so, was your host? so Joe Walker was my host. You know, I, I was anticipating Anthony Davis, but it was finals week. So like I said, it just, you're not finals week is a little different. You know what I mean? Like it's not, 
as a regular student, as an athlete, it's a little bit different. I didn't know that back then. I just was enjoying the whole experience, mm-hmm. you know, but I was able to meet a lot of guys. Joe Walker, you know, good, good guy, receiver, you know, sparing, play sparingly mm-hmm. here and there, special teams guy. But uh, he was cool, man. And, he, you know, he was able to show us, you know, the things that we needed. He, he talked to us a lot. You know, he's a smart guy. You know, he was able to kind of like, you know, not really sell us, but like, Tell us what's going on, you know, like let mm-hmm. us give us the, like the 411 and, and what's going on with the Badgers and and what the school really is. So it was a knowledgeable uh, uh, a visit for myself. And then, you know, uh, that year, my, my freshman year, I actually got hurt uh, when I first showed up. <laughs> Matt, I was wilding. We went to the indoor, uh, me, Travis Beckham, PJ Hill, um, who else? Uh, Prince. Um, it was a couple other guys. And we were like was throwing the ball around. This is before we got our physicals. So this is like really early on. We just got in and we kind of like, I want to say snuck in the indoor, but like, you know, we kind of went up there and there was a ball. We started throwing the ball around. One of the guys falls on my foot and I break my foot. No. Yeah. And 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 I basically was like, yeah, you know, I was training, running up the stairs. And I ended up having to miss that first you know, a couple months of a month of training. And then mm-hmm. I started running. And then this was the first time in training camp that I practiced. And I was finally healthy to practice. Mind you, I'm out of shape because, you know, you can't train for football when you're not training for football, uh, actually practicing football. Uh, the first time they told me to run down on kickoff. Right. And you know how it is. They get the ones and the twos, sometimes the threes, ones, twos, threes, one, twos, threes. And they just running them down, running them down, running them down. They made me do five reps in a row. With the first yeah. team, the second team, the first team, and the second team again, maybe four, maybe five, but they were just trying to see if I could run and if I was healthy. And I guess how tough I was because I was dead after that. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do anything, but I think I proved something to them just running down on kickoff. And then I didn't redshirt, which I didn't know. I, I thought I was going to redshirt because I was hurt, but I ended up not redshirting. And then, of course, I played my freshman year, big pump block against Minnesota, you know, and, uh, the rest is history. You know, I had a great career at Wisconsin, man. I mean, not just not big, huge. Like that could be like one of the biggest plays in Wisconsin history. I mean, that's a, that we were going to lose that game. Yeah, literally, we were losing. Yep. And that we were getting dog too. We were getting the dog. Yeah, getting whew, Lawrence Maroney, Gary Russell. I think Lawrence Maroney. They had always two fifty. They always had the. They always oh had like two, gosh. two or three running backs that we couldn't stop. Yeah. Even in 02. was it 02? 03 when we went. The year, yeah, 03, because we lost there. Um, they had two guys who we couldn't stop, and it was like a joke. Oh, they all play in the NFL, yep. all those guys. Every single guy, yep. It's a great um, game, great game back and forth. And you know what it was? So, uh, Brandon, what's the play call? Brandon like, what, Williams, what, what? Brandon Williams was the returner, and yep. it wasn't supposed to be a block. It was a return for B. Will. And, you know, B. Will, you know, you give him a little space, he's going to score. So we're looking at each other like, yo, we got to get him in the end zone. We got to get him in the end zone. Um, and then, man, I, I came off the edge just, you know, to, to kind of get my guy and hold him, you know, so he don't run down the field. Like I said, it wasn't a real block. It was it was a return. And, uh, man, the, the punter dropped the ball. And when I did, I shed my guy and I ran in. And the technique was terrible, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I blocked the ball and – Strickland pushed me out the way. I know it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> but as long as we got the ball, that's all that really mattered. But he definitely gave me a shove. The ball was right in front of my hands, and he pushed me out the way. That's my boy Strick, though, man. Love him for it, bro. I think he said that exact same thing to us when he was here last summer. He's like, "Yeah, I might have pushed JC out of the way a little bit to get that one." Strickland was always in the right 
place at the right time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just a smart football player too. Mm-hmm. Dude, so 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 you so you don't redshirt because here's what I that was my senior year. I remember like a lanky dude, right? Like good at good athlete. Like you were all over the field. I think you and DeAndre Levy were kind of the same. Like not big. Yep. Like um like middle linebacker types. You would equivalent like a Jeff Mack, who yep. who I showed up when I came. Love Jeff Mack. Mm-hmm. Love Jeff Mack. But he was a thumper. Like Big guy. he was downhill. Um, he was was he was bar. He was side to side too. But but you and uh, DeAndre Levy, I think, kind of changed that position. On the you could be anywhere on the field, literally at any time. You guys were fast, physical. What was it like after your first year? You bulked up, like you hit the weight room hard. What was it like as you're you're kind of learning the game and, and physically getting in shape? Well, it was a like a, it was a huge learning experience that first year. I feel like I really started learning football. Not to say I didn't learn football in high school, but you know, high school football is high school football. You don't we, there's not like the the depth of X's and O's as you get on a college level, and of course that increases as you get to the NFL. So I'm really learning, and you know, as a sophomore, I'm like finally figured out how to really tackle guys like efficiently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And playing along Levy and Shane Carter, who also played as a sophomore uh mark zaluski was our middle linebacker and um like zaluski he ran the show but like we added a little bit of extra flavor to that outside linebacker position because you didn't really have to take us off the field you know mm-hmm. on passing situations i can play in, in a, as a nickelback basically and and do a lot of things as a nickel safety type of guy coverage type of linebacker and then you know, as we got older and our senior years, me and Dre never came off the field. Dre would, as a, on third down, he would bump to rush end. And I was basically playing that, uh, you know, coverage linebacker across from the nickel, you know, that would able to bump out in space against spread offenses. And, you know, we was able to have a great long career for three years as starters together. And it's crazy because we're very similar in terms of like size and strength and ability but our games is so different, you know, but in the NFL, we basically did the same exact thing for our entire career, you know, and it's crazy how (laughs) everything worked out. Dre ended up being a third round draft pick going to the Lions, and basically playing majority of his career there, if not his whole entire career there, if I'm not mistaken, you know, and me, I undrafted, but I played, you know, for four teams, won a couple of Super Bowls. And I'm just so glad that my guy, Dre Levy, was able to play in the league and people because he's not a talkative guy, you know, and like me, I'm 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 I'm. I'm the center of attention. That's just how it is. You look at this smile, you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. But Dre was able to have a great career and a look back at being young, you know, 19 year old sophomores in Wisconsin playing together to having, you know, very elaborate careers in the NFL. You know, I'm, I'm very happy and humble for that. Wait, I, uh, Matt Burgers, I got to cut you off real quick. I was drinking beers with Salusi on Sunday. So I got to ask you. First of all, he's like one of my favorite people. He's in my wedding. He's just a complete banana boat. Like he's nuts. What's it like being in a football? Like he's he can be serious, but what's it like being in the room with him as like he's the senior leader? He's a two two time captain, I think. I think so. Maybe two year in a row, captain. Yeah, maybe even more than that. I don't know, but man, Zoo was the guy, you know. And and we all, I don't know if y'all remember when he was wearing the Mohawks. 
we all started wearing mohawks too. We all was wearing mohawks. And like, I'd be looking back and people be like, bro, what were you doing back then? I said, that was the style back then. You know, Ocho Cinco <laughs> did it in the league. Like, you know, that was kind of the trend that was happening back then. You know, but uh, Zalewski was a, uh, I learned a lot from him, not only for like defensively, schematically X's and O's in terms of like the defense and how to fit on certain run plays and, you know, where the gaps are and certain, you know, power plays run through backside A gaps and all that stuff. Tackle Like he taught all of that stuff, but then also how to be a leader, you know, and then also how to have fun and enjoy your life. Zalewski was a guy, you know, Matt, he's going to get after it, you know, but when he came to work, he was all about working. He, and he, you know, if you playing fullback and you coming with that weak stuff, he gonna pop you in the in the B gap. You know, like Zalewski, <laughs> he he showed me kind of how like to really not only be a great player, but but to enjoy you know your your college career. He tells me all the time he used to blow me up every single play. I never won one time in four and a half years being there. You actually uh, every time, right? Every time he won. Uh, and I never drank more beer than him. I never did anything better than him. But at this, you know, it's just, he's like my best friend. I, I like love to death. I don't believe any of that's true. But uh, it, it, it was always good battles. That's for sure. Attention athletes. Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anacete. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E and join the winning team. Well, what I wanted to ask was actually kind of the same thing. You and Dre and then Javery, what is the competitiveness like for you guys who came in together and all had like, you know, you and Dre especially had like, you know, legendary careers at the position. And like Bernie said, redefined what it meant to be a linebacker at Wisconsin. Talk to us, talk to us about the competitiveness you know, the competitiveness, how you pushed each other and what sort of made you guys excel in, in such a way. Well, when we got recruited, it was five linebackers that the Badgers had signed that year. If I'm not mistaken, it was five. It was myself, Javery McFadden, DeAndre Levy, Travis Beckham, and Elijah Hodge. 
Travis was a was a was a I think all American, if I'm not mistaken, from Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And man, you know everybody, you know you come in as a as the four or five star recruit. I think he was a five star. I think Hodge was a four star, and I was maybe a two three star. Dre was like a two three star, and um, you know we come in and we all we had a lot of respect for each other, and we all pushed each other at practice. You know, and it was very very competitive as freshmen. And mad to tell you, any of us will hit you. You know, we all we all would hit you. You know, we all were physical guys. Travis had a little bit of a learning curve at that position. I think it was a lot more thinking than he's done, you know, in the past. And then when he got when he started changing positions, you know, and they moved him to, to, to tight end, he started flourishing. Man, covering that guy got us better. When Travis moved to uh, tight end, honestly, he did more for the linebackers at tight end than he did at linebacker because he was such a tough cover and he was very strong at the point of attack. I don't think he liked blocking particularly too much like Matt. Matt was the bowling ball. He'll hit you in your face. Matt actually liked the ball, though. He actually liked getting the ball, unlike some fullbacks that just want to beat their head against people. Matt actually got the ball. But, you know, learning, learning the position and being competitive with those guys and then also Dante Sanders and Lamar Walkers, I can't, you know, take those guys away because I came in as a, as a freshman and they were seniors and, you know, watching them play the game. And, you know, I watched, you know, Dantes, he was, I think he was a little beat up his senior year. Maybe he had some shoulder stuff going on, but I watched and learned from him as well. I watched from Lamar Watkins. I watched from, I, I, look, when you're in an environment like that and you're young, just like when I was in the league on any team I played on, especially when I was younger in my career, I'm a sponge, man. I'm just trying to soak up as much knowledge as possible. And you learn you when you when you be quiet and you listen, you even notice that there's guys on your level that's beyond you. You know, like Elijah Hodge, his IQ football was a lot higher than everybody else's. You know, but that's a guy from Florida that's been playing football since he was three years old, full pads. You know what I mean? Like that's what they do in Florida. You know, and and as you as I played in the league, you start noticing them South Florida guys. They're a little bit different than everybody else. They've been playing football all three all three uh, uh, seasons in in high school since elementary school. Some of them been playing since five years old because they were a little bigger than everybody else, and they played when they were five. You know, so being able to soak up all the knowledge from the older guys and then being competitive with the younger guys and learning from some of the young guys, that was, I think, raised the level of play for everybody involved. You you mentioned Dantes. He's another one of my really good friends. Um, you know, it's funny. When they moved him from wide receiver to play, I was like, weak side, this, I'm going to kill this kid every day. Like, I feel bad for him. Well, he was like, what, 215, maybe yep. 220? But he's a guy who, who figured out how to play his position not being the biggest guy. And then he was all over the field. Like, he made tackles everywhere. And you're like, how is this guy getting there? Listen, he was downhill. Like, if you're running Bob or, you know, an ISO at him, he's not that guy. Like, he should just – what he should, what he was doing was cutting people, and that's a smart thing to do. But in practice, you couldn't cut me, which was, to me, like the stupidest play we kept running towards him. So what you're saying, you was kicking his ass, huh? I feel listen, he'll tell you the truth. I was, it's not fair. It was 265 against 215. Like, it's just not a – it's not a fair – Listen, I'll tell you what, Jeff Mack kicked my butt every time we did an ISO towards him. I couldn't block Jeff Mack. I tell him to this day. So it's Jeff like, Mack's fault what you were doing. No, sorry, Tess. It's Jeff Mack's fault. It's That's like funny. uh you got that mental uh it just comes back in a different way. Um oh man, but but I think like that has something to do with what you're saying. Look, 
is that you were able to do all these other things. I think learning from a Zalewski, whose game is very different from a Dante's, um, is very helpful. And then you're right, with all this competition, like you, people have to rise to the top. I know it sounds so corny, but like that is exactly what it was. Dude, you got, I didn't know you guys came in with five guys. Those are some pretty solid names. Yep. Yep. Those are, those are, man, you know, a couple of us played in the league, you know, uh, Travis, myself, DeAndre Levy, and O'Brien Schofield. We yep. all had pretty substantial careers in the NFL. Garrett and, Graham, um, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, we got more guys than that. I was just talking about from that linebacker class, that linebacker class, you know, and, you know, Travis, man, I, I feel so bad for him because he got hurt his first year in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, in the Super Bowl with the Giants. And I think that kind of hindered his career because, man, Travis was so good, Matt. When he moved to tight end, he was so good at tight end, man. And, uh, you know, I, that that's one thing that I look back and be like, man, if he didn't get hurt, man, with how he played, he might still be playing now because now all of the best tight ends look like Travis Beckham, you know? The Travis Kelsey looked just like Travis in, in, in college. Mm-hmm. You know, they similar type of guys, you know, and, you know, I'm just, honestly, I'm, I'm so grateful to experience even the time that we had, Matt, and, you know, seeing how you played the game. And, uh, uh, like, man, we went, I went against Craig Urbic all the time, Eric Vanden like, you know, Joe Thomas was there. I watched him, you know, and, and it was so many guys that I was able to absorb knowledge from and, and watch the greatness of some of these guys that ended up being, you know, all time great players and great Badgers. So, so what, so what, what was it like then transitioning? You know, you, you didn't get drafted, but what was it like training for that? Knowing that that's a possibility, like how exciting is that? For the draft, like going into the NFL. Oh man, it's, it's, you know, I was hurt. So it was, it was very difficult. You know, Mm -hmm. it was, it was definitely a difficult time for me um, in terms of like, my future, like it was up in the air. You know, I didn't finish my senior season and I was preseason All-American, all that good stuff. And I ended up playing the whole season hurt on a bad knee. You know, I didn't put out the year I wanted to. Now I'm I'm going to the draft, like, you know, like not having my best year, like literally the worst year I've ever had because of, you know, an injury and uh, the training. And it, it, was a, it was a lot of anxiety. I'm not an anxious person, but during, during that time in my life, I was definitely uh, had some anxiety. You know, and, um, you know, ended up working out. I went undrafted. Draft day was long, <laughs> you know, especially I was supposed to get drafted high, you know, but then I made the right decision. I picked the New Orleans Saints, you know, out of a couple teams, like I told you guys earlier, you know, and and I, I look back at everything that I went through from like my senior year on, like the kind of the hardships. And I feel like it, it made me so much more tougher. And then going undrafted made me play with a chip on my shoulder, you know, and, um, you know, I was able to extend a career for nine years in the NFL, you know, and, you know, I, I'm so grateful to go through the things that I went through, you know, to get to where I'm at right now, you know, and that includes my my whole entire nine year career, my four years at Wisconsin, you know, and even, you know, since then, you know, uh, the things that I'm trying to do and connect with, with football players and, and people and, you know, like believe in Badgers. I've been trying to check you guys out and see what you guys been doing. You know, I, I love the interview you guys had with Bob, the truck truck driver, Bob, you know what I'm saying? Like that was awesome, you know, but like, I'm still learning. I'm still soaking up everything. And and I think when I, when I landed on the Badgers and, and I landed on campus for the first time, I think that was the first time I really started, you know, trying to expand my horizons and really try to, cause you, you get guys from different parts of the country, you know, and you got to start learning people in different cultures and different different accents. You know, them Florida boys got them heavy accents. And that's when I really started being open to everything. 
you know, everything that came to me. And that's outside of football. That's bigger than football. That's just life in general. And I think with that group of guys my freshman year, I was able to do that with. And I feel like I've been flourishing ever since then. We go back. I think um, I like that you touched on learning about different people. You know, I think I don't want to go too deep into this because there's another podcast. But the world is crazy. And I think sports transcend all of this stuff. What's it like, dude? We're from the East Coast, man. It it's a different thing showing up to Madison, Wisconsin. Dudes are coming in in at like six in the morning in full camo with the orange, you know, jacket on. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're like, were you hunting? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you're hunting? Like I don't I, like so some of these things are such foreign concepts. But but touch on that for a second because you really do come in and it's a completely different place. Yeah, for sure. And and me going from where I'm from, you know, I'm from, you know, uh, you know, low income area, you know, minority area. I I don't think I had a white student in any of the schools I've ever been to at that point, you know. And you know, I get to Wisconsin, it's demographic is totally flipped, you know, on the other end. Um, and then you get other guys coming from different places. And I got a fun story. Uh, Javery, Javery, actually, Javery Hodge, uh, the, the freshman guys, we were all out. It was snowing, you know, not too far off from Jersey. You know, I'm familiar with snow, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're, we're having a snowball fight. We're packing up snowballs and we're throwing them. We're packing up snowballs and we're throwing them. J- Javery was grabbing snow and just throwing it. And we just was like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, I'm throwing snowballs. I was just laughing because he's never seen snow before. That's so funny. You know, and <laughs> it, it for me, it, it was a culture shock, but it, it was also like it was like a cultural awareness, too. You know, now you're aware because I've been I never left Jersey, really, besides my visits. I never really stayed anywhere else. I didn't really know nobody but New Yorkers in New Jersey, people from New Jersey. <laughs> like I didn't know nobody else. I couldn't understand the Florida guys accents when I first got yeah. there. You know, uh, I didn't know what a brat was when I got to Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you, you just learn so much. And that's I feel like because I was able to step away from what I was comfortable with in Jersey and literally go to the middle of the country where people don't even know where Wisconsin's at on the map over here in, in New Jersey, New York, you know, in such a culture shock. But then, you know, the ability to, I feel like, to adjust and adapt, you know, and, and like I said, being open to that, I think that just helped me, you know, change my perspective on life and my perception on how I brought every all information and people and, and intellect and all of that stuff in because you just got to be able to accept di- things that you're not used to and things that are different. I think that's, I think it's really cool. And I think um, it, it, it's so respectable what you and, and and a lot of other guys have done to literally come into Wisconsin and make it your home and just, I don't know, I don't want to say buy in, but. but no, that's, I think that's the right, that's the right term, buy in, yeah. But you just jump in and you're like, I'm going to be here and I don't care what anyone thinks. Like, yeah. this is the place I want to be. And I think it's really respectful because I didn't know that, you know, like, I'm 18 years old. I just show up at campus. I'm not really thinking these things. Right. My dad was like, dude, you're like going to be one of the only Jewish people, you know, or on the team. And I'm like, oh, that's a little weird. This is different. But I think it's but but I'm a white guy. So I think it's really respectable, like to hear like how Dantes came in and, and, and a lot of other guys. I think it's just really commendable. That's the right term to to what you and, and guys have left like a legacy for. I just think it's special. 
Um, yeah, only because you, I mean, like, but you're including yourself in that too, Matt. You know, like, uh, I do, I, I do. Yes, Hall of Fame was that? Is that what am I, am I right about that? Yeah, See, yeah. You know there is, there's yeah. one of those. Yeah, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> was it? Nobody else does either. <laughs> I had to put on my LinkedIn just so somebody will know what it is. <laughs> oh man, Hilarious. no, I just listen. I, I just, I just think it's really special, and I don't think a lot of people understand that, and I didn't think I did until. I'm now a 40-year-old guy doing podcasts and hearing people's story. And I'm like, wow, so much different than my experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, dude, showing up in the locker room and having that blended whatever it is is really funny. I mean, it just is a good time with dudes who hunt, dudes from the South, like the, all the Florida guys. I, I Be white, like to, to talk to be white for right. like half an hour, you're like, man, I got like every other word. <laughs> <laughs> but but the nicest human being like ever yeah like never yeah. said a bad word about anything like just just funny i don't know just funny so okay so i got we we're running out of time but i gotta ask how to how cool is it to play in the the nfl then how cool is it to win a super bowl man you know it's i didn't even know like it's so crazy like i had a dream i guess when i was younger that i was playing in the nfl and it ended up being in the yearbook you know, that I was playing the NFL when I was like in the fourth grade. But mind you, I told you, I didn't play till I got to high school, you know. So it was literally a childhood dream of mine, you know. And, you know, able to, you know, go to New Orleans, such a special place. Um, unlike any other place that I've been at, uh, Wisconsin, all the teams I play for in the NFL, New Jersey, it's such a special place. And, and I'm so... I'm so lucky, you know, like that I was able to play with that franchise and, you know, have such a great experience down there and and understand how important football was to certain people. You know, in New Orleans, football is important to us. We work in football. Matt, you were a tremendous fullback. You know, you're a legend. Uh, I feel like maybe I can say that about myself, maybe. Um, 100% you are. In New Orleans, football meant so much to them. Uh, Katrina being, I think, four years before I got there. Uh, Drew Brees getting here a year after Katrina. New Orleans kind of being on the bubble of trying to figure out if they're a good team or not. And then, you know, bringing in Greg Williams, Jonathan Vilma, and all the guys, Roman Harper, drafting Roman Harper, Bushrod, Reggie Bush, bringing those guys down there to win that Super Bowl my rookie year, it meant so much to the region, not just New Orleans, not just Louisiana, anybody that was affected by Katrina in that kind of Gulf region, it meant so much to them. And that's when I really started playing, not just for myself and my family, for my mom to make her proud. You know, you start playing for a region of people, people that believe in you, people that make you believe in yourself and you don't want to let them down. You know, so I was, I was so grateful to be able to start my career in a place like that because new york is totally different (laughs) you know you lose a game in new orleans you go out you know they're like oh baby you lost don't worry baby we'll take care of it right (laughs) new york you lose a game they're going you doing out you know you shouldn't be you shouldn't show your face like you know like new york is a whole different ball game you know so (laughs) the respect and appreciation that i have for the for the you know the region of louisiana and that region down there being able to start my career down and learning like i said i'm a sponge matt i feel like i can do anything you know and me being able to to adapt 
I think it was a it was a great stepping stone for me to be able to be down there and win so early, and then kind of knew what greatness looked like at a young and early age on that level, and able to kind of you know take that throughout my career. And and when I was a, a captain my last couple of years with the Giants. I had some great leaders that I've learned from, you know, Drew Brees, even Tom Brady. I was I shared a little bit of time with him, uh, you know, and, and being able to kind of like finish my career back home from everything that I've learned, the hardships in Wisconsin, the you know, the, what I've learned from Wisconsin, the hardships throughout the league, missing a year here on IR and learning from the greatest players to ever play the game, you know, being able to finish my career home, I'm just – I look back on my career, you know, and I'm humbled by it, you know, because I was an undrafted free agent. I was a guy who started playing football when I was 14, you know, and I did have a pretty good career in the NFL and a pretty good career as a Badger as well. And it allowed me to do a lot of things that I'm doing now, like the philanthropic work because of the platform that it provided me with. And like I said, I'm just so grateful and humbled by it. So I want to get to your philanthropic work in just a minute. But first, I was in New Orleans for Mardi Gras right after you won the Super Bowl. I was at the parades where you guys were. Drew Brees was the was the headmaster. I forget which parade it was. It was I think it was like three of them. But I was that was my first and only Mardi Gras to this day. Oh, you didn't have to go to no more, baby. No, because no, here's the no, thing. The it couldn't have been Better. Like I cannot imagine that there was a New Orleans Mardi Gras experience like because it was like a week after y'all won the Super Bowl, and I had driven down from New Hampshire to New Orleans to be there. Talk talk (laughs) us through the celebration after you. Hey, you were one of the heroes of the game, recovering the fumble to start. Sorry, sorry, the onside kick to start the third quarter. Talk us through the celebration and what that was like as a rookie. Man, oh, man. It was uh, unreal. You know, the night of, you know, I didn't even know what was going on. Like, I didn't realize what I did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't realize how crucial that was for us actually winning that game against Peyton Manning and the Colts with Dwight Freeney. Like, they had everybody over there. And, uh, man, it was it was such a great, like I said, the region, like, like man, it, 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 you felt it. You felt it. You felt it after, even when we went when we went to the Super Bowl, meaning we played Minnesota Vikings, Brett Favre, Adrian Peterson at home in the Dome. Garrett Hartley kicked that game-winning field goal in overtime. And, oh, my gosh, man, ever since then, like, we left. It took us two hours to get 10 minutes away, like, <laughs> and it was a party the whole time, man, and such a great oh man oh i got a great story ring ceremony when we got our rings may june whenever we got our rings um you know we we the first time new orleans ever won a super bowl you know and maybe the only time they will ever win a super bowl you know hopefully not we'll see (laughs) um but we got our rings and i was with uh anthony waters who was also a linebacker and he had this idea that let's drive up bourbon street and I don't know if you guys know, Matt, you were there. I don't know if, Bernie, you were there. But you can go up the first street on Bourbon, but you got to turn off on Iberville, which is the second cross street. They barricade everything else, so you can't go up the streets. <laughs> we were driving up, and we was playing um, this Gucci Mane song called Everybody Looking. Everybody looking. 
<laughs> and we got our ring. So we got our hands out the windows, bumping this. And he got like one of them down south guys that could turn their music up and you could hear it from 10 blocks away. That's the yep. type of system he had. It was turned <laughs> all the way up. And we're bumping, coming up the street. And now we got like a little bit of a crowd kind of with us, you know, as we're going up the street. <laughs> And they moved the first barricade. Now we we on a place we're not supposed to be at, driving up Bourbon Street. It's a lot of people, but people moving out the way. And they, they realizing like, oh, my God, that's the Saints players they got through here. <laughs> so we got like a whole brigade of people going up. We see a cop in the middle of the street, like cursing at us. Like, what the heck are you guys doing? <laughs> Stop right now. Stop right now. What are you doing? As soon as he gets to the car and sees the rings, he was like, oh, snap. Tommy, look, they got their ring. <laughs> He's calling <laughs> over his partner. They take pictures and stuff. Tommy, the barricades. Go ahead, fellas. Go ahead and have fun. <laughs> now I'm standing out the sunroof now. I'm, like, I'm jamming now. And That's then awesome. We have a meeting the next day, right? A regular team meeting and um they 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 people heard of what happened with me and anthony waters or whatever drew Brees comes up to me he says i was on bourbon last night too i saw y'all but i want to thank y'all because y'all took all the attention away from me drew had his hat on was walking on bourbon street <laughs> Nobody saw him because everybody was looking at us. <laughs> Bro, that was, oh, that's I mean, that's such a like, like I'm never gonna ever forget that. Like it's such yeah. a like memorable moment, man. We were like, we were kings of the world, kings of the world, man. It's a little crazy. different than driving up State Street on like a scooter. You know, after <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh Wisconsin, like that's like. Athletes driving up state shooting a scooter go hand in hand, right? <laughs> got it. Almost the same. Almost the same. Well, we've only got you, we've only got a couple more minutes uh burning. I unfortunately both have uh continued meetings that we have to go to, but want to talk about what you're doing now, especially philanthropically. So what, can you share with our audience, you know, what you are up to these days and you know where you have taken all of this knowledge and experience that you've gained and have talked about and what you are doing and how you're funneling it now? So I'm in the midst of forming my own foundation, probably 10 years too late, but, you know, better late than never. Right, guys? Um, but I'm forming my foundation. It will be the Forward Progress Foundation. Uh, I've been running my Forward Progress camp for 10 years. We've actually, we've done eight years, but we had to take two years off because of COVID, you know, and all that BS and stuff. But mm -hmm. we would have been at year 10. This year would have been year 10. It was just a couple of weeks ago. And it's not I wouldn't even call it a football camp. We do football. We do a little bit of football. But it's a leadership camp. You know, when kids come in, we give them life skills courses in the morning, eight life skills courses. We have, uh, like, resident coaches slash uh, teachers, uh, Jen Welter, Dr. Jen Welter. She was the first uh, female NFL coach. She teaches and coaches. Uh, Jonathan Vilma, he runs our, he runs a, like our public speaking class for the kids. And of course, Jonathan Vilma, national champion. I won a Super Bowl with him. Uh, he's on Fox now. He's a color broadcaster on Fox. And we're bringing in professionals to not, like the football part is cool, but I want to help these kids be leaders, be successful in whatever they want to do. If that's football, okay, cool. And whatever they want to do. So we're, we're there to try to inspire, empower, provide hope, you know, and, and this is all in my hometown. And I just, I'm working with a company now to do things like this throughout the country, not just in New Jersey, not just in New Brunswick. That's why I'm now, now finally forming my foundation because my, I had a partnership with the board of ed uh, in mm -hmm. New Brunswick. So 
that's kind of like I didn't need my own charity or my own foundation. But now mm-hmm. it's like what I want to do to continue to help in the reach and further extend the reach. I need to form my own foundation. So I'm in the midst of doing that. The Ford Progress Camp is going to get a lot bigger. We're going to be, you know, trying to get that outside of New Jersey. Uh, I do uh, one of the events that I do with Ford Progress is empowerment through literacy and this is a read across america like a book tour almost where i just go read read the kids man kindergarten first grade second grade um you know one year we did i did 14 schools in a week you know which was like that was a lot and you know each school i'm doing multiple classes mm-hmm. kindergarten first second grade you know and and you know for, for me like i said to you guys earlier my the experience that I've gotten and the platform that I was able to play at for a long time, you know, enabled me to do certain things like this. And this is something that I feel like not only do I want to do, I feel like like I need to do it and I'm good at it. You know, like I, I first of all, I learned how to read cat in a hat books. OK, yeah. very difficult books to read. And I learned it and I have pride in it. (laughs) It's something that I connect with and I feel like the kids connect with me. They see me. I got a daughter that's 11. I can relate to younger kids. They can hear me, you know, and I have, because I have a daughter, I understand the parents and the teachers. Sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other, but when a two-time Super Bowl champion shows up, they might listen, you know? So for me, I, I use that platform. I use that resignation that I have um, and I, I, I try to give back as much as possible, but we're looking to expand on everything that we're doing. You know, hopefully I can get back on with you guys in whatever, six months to a year from now, talk badger stuff, but hopefully I'll be having a lot more stuff I'm doing. Hopefully I'll be doing stuff in Wisconsin as well. And we will absolutely be having you back. You have an open invitation anytime. Plus, we got to talk about got to talk about the testing. We talk got to talk about preparing student athletes for the next level. It's amazing what you're doing. We will link in the show notes to find out more information about it. Um, we've got to wrap it up here today. But JC, we like I said, we cannot thank you enough for joining us here today on the Believe in Badgers Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and our friends over at Oakbridge Wealth Management. Thanks. For for tuning in and until next time on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Can you ever figure out what the which way to go with this thing?